If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today on Soundtrack Alley Spotlight, I'll be covering Batman from 1989. I'll talk about the cast a bit, some of the background on Tim Burton, and even cover a little bit about each of the scores that actually existed for this film. It's all today, and it starts now. Hello, I am Randy Andrews, and today I'll be talking about Batman from 1989. Now, this film starred Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Kim Basinger, and even Billy D. Williams. Now, this Batman presents a quiet Bruce Wayne a very noisy Vicky Vale that's kind of whiny, but, you know, with Kim Basinger, you get that. You get a crazy laughing Joker, so in a lot of ways, it's better, and it's closer to what the comic book really is. Now, Tim Burton directed this film, and he was perfect for the role, and he brought the best Dark Knight to life on the big screen in 20 years. Now, uh, another thing that was included were two soundtrack albums. One was the Prince album with famous songs like Bat Dance. Then the score album by composer Danny Elfman. Now this score became so iconic that it became the sound of Batman and Batman the Animated Series, which didn't appear for another two years. The highly effective score for Batman would not only shake the producer's initial notion that the film's music couldn't be provided by a series of pop stars. Now, in that wheelhouse would have been Michael Jackson, 
George Michael and Prince, and Prince was the only one that remained. But it also introduced the composer to the masses, and it consolidated a budding group of avid collectors and fans of Danny Elfman's whimsically tragic music that would solidify him with movies such as Edward Scissorhands and even The Nightmare Before Christmas. Now, in the interim, Elfman and Burton attempted to carry the success of Batman over to a 1992 sequel, although Batman Returns takes far more chances in its diversity of its score. And Danny Elfman proved unable to recapture that same raw sense of action and elegance for the performance. And by many, this could be considered a guilty pleasure. And the Batman score has aged remarkably well, outlasting the sequel scores by Elliot Goldenthal and the remaining leagues ahead of the music resulting from the continuance of the franchise in the 2000s, which, to illustrate Batman and Robin, utterly a horrible film. And even though the score was somewhat good, uh, it wasn't nearly the range that Danny Elfman originally starred with the first 1989 Batman release. Now, regardless of the lack of connection in crew, cast, and even concept, Danny Elfman's primary theme for Batman has proven useful in advertising the franchise long after the composer had exited from the project, testifying the lasting impression that the composer provided for the character on screen. Think of it this way. When you think of Superman, what theme do you think of? You think of John Williams' theme and that keynote moment where you hear John Williams' famous pieces of music go, bum, 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 bum. Yes, that's poor for my interpretation. However, it's iconic. And with Danny Elfman, he cemented himself as the person to grab the attention of people with Batman the theme. And you even see it with the current Justice League movie that existed most recently because Danny Elfman had come back and scored that film and he brought in those familiar themes of Batman. Now, perhaps no theme title has more impact on a superhero as this one. And he really started that uh, superhero genre films to begin with a classic theme besides, you know, Superman back in 1978. It has that four-note minor key accent or ascent and a two-note major key descent, and it's frightfully simplistic, and yet it perfectly addresses the duality of the Bruce Wayne character. Now, the theme's often misidentified as only consisting of five notes. Even Jeff Bond's notes for the 2010 album release of Batman made this error. The sixth note is a payoff, only occasionally affording the theme 
a keen acknowledgement by Elfman that Wayne's existence is defined by a lack of personal completion. And it's the easily recognizable construct of the theme allows Danny Elfman to use fragments of its progression with ease, often producing the suspense before a battle or only have it rise with the first two notes. The composer claimed that he first thought up the tune on an airplane flight from London back to America and embarrassingly went to the toilet several times so he could hum various portions of the tune into a tape recorder in private. Later, he also acknowledged that some of the inspiration in how the theme was fleshed out came from Bernard's Herman's opening to Journey to the Center of the Earth, with almost a complete reprise of Herman's composition at the outset of Batman. The three-minute opening credits for Batman follows the tradition of the great superhero films of the modern age by providing an overture in which the score introduces itself. Elfman maximizes the effectiveness of of his identity for the title character by drawing out the performance of that title theme. He repeated the first five notes in heavily dramatic layers only before only proceeding to the last, and that was a major key descent as the character's logo reveals itself on the screen. And so then there's two massive crescendos highlighting Batman, including the opening bars of Charge of the Batmobile. When the title theme for Batman is performed by sweeping strings, it has this first confrontation interlude and then it's slightly altered suspense mode in Bat Zone. Now, Elfman presents its elegant alter ego and the melody eventually performed by every section of the ensemble, including light percussion and massive organ. And this is highlighted through the finale. Overall, Elfman's themes really shine here. His themes for the Joker, such as the Q face-off, which everyone's favorite one-armed push-up master, Jack Palance, receives his share of hot lead. And then um, there's the waltz to the death atop the cathedral, and even Jack Napier's pre-Joker persona, Jack versus Eckhart, which is kind of unique. And then... Elfman also adapts Stephen Foster's beautiful dreamer theme for the Joker's more sensitive side. If, well, if the Joker had a sensitive side. Um, A music box effect underlines these performances, providing this humorous side of the character's sickness with a triangle and xylophone-like atmosphere that's interrupted quite rudely by the fragment of the waltz at the end. And there's themes for the henchmen, there's the love theme, 
which is based on Prince's song Scandalous. And it actually has pieces of Batman's primary theme built into that construct. Now there's different notes of what Elfman provides. Uh, There's a distant and menacing bass line in Childhood Remembered that's performed by piano under the dissonant brass and choral effects. And then there's the splashy, uh, rolling, churning string rhythm that Elfman provides at the Axis Chemical Company. Now, you may think that I'm just bouncing around on this, but it shows you the range that Danny Elfman really had. And the instrumental assignments and their performances really shine with this. And then for many years, there was some controversy over the roles that Steve Bartek and Shirley Walker played in the orchestration and conducting of Batman, specifically whether they indeed deserve more credit for the success of the finished version of the score than Elfman himself. Now, with that in mind, Shirley Walker was key, I mean instrumental, in conducting and composing much of the music that was in Batman the Animated Series. And this is a direct reflection of the 1989 Batman that Danny Elfman provided the score. So as testimony to Elfman's guiding hand in both scores, Batman is much like Beetlejuice in that its instrumental creativity may be the most memorable aspect of the recording, despite the catchiness of the title theme. So one other an intriguing element in the score is the hyperactive percussion section. During the lengthier performances of the title theme, including the credit pieces, you do hear the stereotypical snare rhythms that you'd expect. But beyond that, Elfman's use of drums is astoundingly dynamic. The composer incorporates percussionists as a bridge between his score and the few print songs that made the film and the mix of the drums specifically creates an outstanding soundscape, specifically for moments of rowdy Joker behavior and the resulting havoc. The metallic percussion is also as significant with the cymbals and gong that's performed in succession to present ultra-cool transitions. There was an extended release of the score through La La Land Records, And if you can find that, I really highly recommend that 2011 release. And then there was a reissue in 2014. So you might try to look for that. So today, I'd like to present a few cues from the score. Uh, First, I'd like to present the Batman theme, first confrontation final, clown attack. And these really are excellent and truly iconic. And I hope you enjoy these.
The second cues I'd like to present are Batman to the Rescue Final, The Batcave, Love Theme, and really these themes highlight the main action part of the film because you see that Bruce Wayne, who is Batman, uh, comes to the rescue of Vicki Vale when she's kidnapped by the Joker. And so he's able to rescue her. He conceals the identity of where the Batcave is. And there's even the love theme that's intertwined with all of that. So it's exciting, it's seductive, and it's very brilliant. So enjoy these.
Well, sadly, we've come down to another end of Soundtrack Alley Spotlight. I'd like to thank Alexander Shebel for composing Soundtrack Alley's theme music. You can find his work at xanderscores.com. Lastly today, we're going to play Charge of the Batmobile, Attack of the Batwing, Waltz of Death, Finale, and Batman Reprise. Now you can find me on social media through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Soundtrack Alley. You can check out the, the website, which is SoundtrackAlley.com, and you can email me at SoundtrackAlley at gmail.com. I'll provide some Amazon links, as, and I hope you can get a chance to buy this score. Listen to my podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and I believe you can also listen to it through several podcatcher apps and Podbean. So until next time, happy listening.
Thank you for listening to Soundtrack Alley Spotlight. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Also, if you want to leave a comment, question, or concern, please email me at soundtrackalley at gmail.com and enjoy looking at my blog at soundtrackalley.com. <laughs>